everybody to Blissfully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I am Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hello. Hey, everyone. <laughs> so, how are you doing? Good? I'm doing good. I uh, have a new job that is enjoyable, but so far it takes up a lot of time. I've missed you, but I'm also happy. Thank you. Uh, you know who I didn't miss, though, at all? Sarah Zed. Good old friend of the podcast, Sarah Zed. Sure. <laughs> yes. After I so graciously gave her a yeah. nice, I don't know, comments. I don't know. I recommended a video of hers <laughs> because I thought it was just a crazy story about how the people who own Homestuck tried to vaguely threaten her with legal action. And it was just embarrassing for the company as a whole, I guess. I don't know. I had not mentioned or said or thought about anything to do with her in so long. And then the week I watched her Homestuck Tried to Sue Me video, yeah. this. Indeed, so, this. Well, so as of time of recording today, Sarah Zed put out the video that I knew was coming, that I think all of us knew was coming. Yeah. Her take I mean, yeah. on the pincet and the state of fandom in general. The state of fandom on Twitter, at least. The fandom spaces, I guess, have kind of migrated to Twitter and for lack of a better place to go and have kind of just hung around there. And it's not good. It's like, yeah. it's a bad spot for... Anything, really. Yeah, conversation, like, <sighs> true discourse. Like, I guess it's sort of, kind of, moving to Discord, <laughs> the, the <laughs> program, which is just... Just great that all of these things are called the same thing. It's just great and normal for me to talk about. But yeah, most of fandom is hanging out on Twitter primarily because it is a space that allows 18 plus mm -hmm. content for now. It's also just an inconvenient platform to use, like as an artist. Uh, like I, I do fan art. Oh I, yeah. I draw. And the difference between the amount of engagement I get on work I put on Twitter versus the exact same work I put on Instagram. Instagram is baffling. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how the <laughs> algorithm works on anything, uh. um, but especially Twitter. Uh, it's wrong most of the time. Like, I'll give this to Google. Like, yeah. they know what I'm fucking after. Mm -hmm. They're no they know what I'm talking about. <laughs> At least their huge invasion of my privacy uh, is yielding some results in terms of things that I'm interested in. Not so for Twitter. And yeah, it's like it's there's no like archive format. And like, I don't know, people are like, oh you can search, you know, this tweet and it'll turn up from seven years ago. That's never fucking worked for me. I don't know how people pull that off I don't when it's like oh this tweet from seven years ago um or someone talks about you know whatever i have no idea how people go about finding that because if i plug like the exact phrase like i know the phrase i want into twitter twitter's like can't help you bro <laughs> it's time to go i don't want to be here anymore but there is also no other space to take me it's disheartening For like sure. to see these like platforms fall I don't know. It's weird to see the effect that that's having on fandom, like particularly a fandom space, which to me has always been online. Like I've never participated, at least not a lot in like in-person fandom groups and also just society. You know, we live in a society. Uh, it's weird to see that happen, like to see the the public conversation, I guess, uh, get reduced in that way, and like it's definitely strange, mm. and I think definitely hosting fandom on spaces like Twitter, where there's not a great way to organize communities and like yes you get to talk to people in real time which is really nice but just a lack of organization has really caused a rift and i think fed into this war that sarah talks about in her video well so let's get into this i guess yeah, I know. We were going to cover something else this week, but because Sarah put out this video and we received so many requests to cover it right away, we are delivering what the people want. So buckle up. <laughs> Sarah put out a video today called Fandom's Biggest Controversy, the story of pro shippers versus aunties. And she was so kind to give us a shout out in this episode. <laughs> I love it. Oh, looks like we matter. 
Zets. Thanks, Sarah. I know you're listening. Friend of the show, Sarah Zed loves us. I'm sure is going to listen to this episode in good faith. What is the uh oh besties? That's mm-hmm. what that's what people say now oh, yeah. when they besties. meet. Yeah, bestie in that like weird neotness <laughs> voice. So for the many people followers of our show who actually are fans, um, we received several requests to just do a blow by blow because they don't want to watch Sarah Zed. They don't like Sarah Zed and they don't want to support Sarah Zed. But we all knew that Sarah was going to make this video. So they want to know what's going on. That's fair. So I'm going to do a really quick blow by blow. Try and keep it tight. If I missed something that you felt was important, go ahead and leave us a comment. I'm happy to have a conversation about your opinions. Find me on Twitter at uh, Blissfully Show. I will have a conversation with you about it, but I am not dragging this out. This is not the Lindsay Ellis video. I care very little about Sarah Zed's opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the Lindsay Ellis video was a little harder for me, because I actually am quite a fan of Lindsay Ellis's, um, at least her, like, critique, mm-hmm, her, yes. like, film analysis, I think she's very good at. Um, I don't really care for Sarah Zed's content at all, except, ironically enough, the one time I recommended <laughs> a video of hers recently, which was just some weird, funny, like, the creators of Homestuck are weird. Wow. Oh, yeah. Newsflash. Film at 11. Uh, so, yeah, like, this one wasn't, I guess, difficult for me, or I didn't, like, I don't know. I'll say this, I guess, right at the front. Um, I, personally, co-host number two, uh, I have not watched this video, and I do not intend to watch this video. I don't care. It's almost I just two don't care, hours man. long. It's almost it's two long. fucking hours long. I don't care. And so, yeah, if some, like, me personally, if someone is like, ah, you just, you didn't even watch the video you're critiquing. Yes, I I did not watch the video. I don't really intend to critique any of Sarah's points, I guess, because obviously I haven't watched it. Uh, I will talk about, um, I guess, the larger issues of harassment in fandom as I see them. Someone who has been in fandom for a while now, and I have seen this phenomena kind of grow from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I have watched it, I saw it coming, it's happening now, and <laughs> and so I will talk about that. I will talk about what I things I have witnessed with mine own eyes. These larger issues that... I guess people who are not in fandom coming at this from the outside and being like, what the fuck are you people so mad about? Right. Mm-hmm. This is insane. This is about cartoon characters fucking, like, or kissing, or the wrong ones kissing, or the cannibals. What murder cannibals get to, they move to France and, and be married or something. I don't know. And yes, that is what it is about. It's incredibly stupid. Agreed. The thing is, the problem is, is that some people on the internet in real life are so mad at the idea that someone might like the idea of two characters being in a relationship, even just pretend, like, again, (laughs) two characters who are not real, and then are in a relationship only in this fan's imagination. Mm -hmm. So, like, twice removed from reality. (laughs) Yeah. That idea makes some people so mad that they uh, harass, dox, call their places of employment, uh, out them to their families in extremely conservative nations where that might get them fucking killed, conspire to dox 13-year-olds and have them institutionalized in a psychiatric unit. All of these things that I'm mentioning, at least, happened within the past year. And I can prove it. I have the dox. I know these people's uh, handles. This is, like, something I heard, at least, that happened in the video was that Sarah Zen claims that people on the internet exaggerate harm yep. for sympathy. Uh, and they do. I, I That happens, absolutely. But personally, <laughs> I know of these examples. I have the docs where uh, just recently, just a couple weeks ago, uh, a bunch of 17 and 18-year-olds tried to dox a 13-year-old for writing a gross fanfic and 
conspired to have her institutionalized in a psychiatric unit. They didn't go through with it because they were caught. And a famous artist in the Attack on Titan fandom, people tried to out her to her conservative Iraqi family, like Iraqi as in living in Iraq, because they didn't like the art she drew. So yes, uh, people being mad about other people wanting characters in a video game, in a show, in a book, whatever, to sleep with each other, to kiss, to not sleep with each other, it's stupid. It is a useless, pointless waste of one's energy. I agree. It would be great if everyone thought the same and people didn't try to ruin people's lives over these topics. And that's the thing I I find reprehensible. Sure. Fucking out there stuff. And I guess the larger implications about art and expression and whether or not someone's expression should be punished. Whether or not someone's expression deserves or requires retribution or revenge or any of these odd things that people seem to think it does now. Or YouTube videos. Or YouTube videos <laughs> that are an hour and 45 minutes long. So yeah, I, I I don't care about what Sarah Zed had to say about this, really. I'm going to find out presently, <laughs> um, and then hopefully never think about it again. Well, and this is the drama that Sarah inserted herself in. We don't have time to go into the whole Polas story. Go back and listen to our episode on the Pincident, and uh, call me by your fursona, in which we catch up a little bit more on Sarah Zed. <laughs> And she knows. You can also listen to our Lindsay Ellis episode where Lindsay does an explanation of how she's harassed because about half of Sarah's video is her almost crying about how she was... Uh, half is probably being overly generous. Meh, a third of the video is about her almost crying about how she was harassed by people for telling kids to go outside and touch grass. <sighs> uh, which is not what happened, Sarah, but sure. <laughs> I would also like to point out though, that at the time that she was telling people to go outside and touch grass, uh, we were in a pandemic. I, I, I feel like this is just a bad time to be using that that particular insult, I guess, because a lot of people can't go outside, because, you know... It could be deadly. It could, it could kill you right now. Well, so the video opens with just a bunch of screenshots of uncensored, by the mm. way. And just, just to have a fandom mom <laughs> moment, because, you know, I'm a big, quote, fandom mom. I'm a big, quote, safe adult. <laughs> uh, if you ever have a tweet or receipt in which your username is uncensored put in a YouTube video, you have the right to report that video for safety reasons. Absolutely. Because that's some bullshit. And you should. You should. <laughs> like, absolutely. Absolutely. As of time of recording, uh, just by pure fucking happenstance, by the way, we are recording on the same day this video came out. This was not what we were going to talk about. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but by nope. pure fucking happenstance, um, yeah, in the very short time that this video has been up, uh, I've seen people already be harassed uh, because, you know, their usernames for Twitter were not censored in certain parts of this video. Um, being called just absolute, the, the worst sort of sex crimes you can imagine. And so, yeah, like, that's happening again. Notably, it tends to just be the pro shippers that seem to not have their names censored. Fun, fun fact. If that's the case, wow. Yikes. Yeah. So, video opens, bunch of screenshots. Uh, she's using them as an example to say, you know, oh, this is the state of fandom. So it's stuff like, I ship Destiel, and somebody replies, so just say you uh, support incest. <laughs> stuff along those lines. <laughs> yeah, that is the state of fandom. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She gets into discussing, you know, how she discusses ships on her channel and fandom in general and how discourse can be messy. And then she goes into trying to explain what shipping is and what a pro-shipper is and what an anti-shipper is. And I think it's interesting that she, in describing anti, sums it up by saying it's essentially calling someone a hater. And then for the rest of the video, 
continuously talks about how she's baffled by what is an auntie. Sarah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Uh, fine. I mean, yeah, you 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 got it right, I guess. Like, yeah. I guess, yeah. Her explanation of what a pro shipper is uh, is quote a pro shipper is someone who generally supports the creation and consumption of problematic shipping content, pairing fictional characters together, while an anti is someone who generally opposes this. What is and isn't considered problematic is, of course, not something universally agreed upon. And so the term can therefore mean anything from enemies to lovers fanfiction to, like, people pairing Sans from Undertale with Frisk from Undertale, who's, like, eight. It's a broad spectrum. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that uh, definition, yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't enjoy the word, or the verbiage, um, I guess, supports the consumption, but that's me being nitpicky. That is, yeah, that is, um, so, yeah, supports is strange. Uh, just... But I guess I like if the if the alternative is I don't support it, mm-hmm. then I suppose I do because I think people should be free to make that sort of content if they want, mm-hmm. uh, even if it is content that I would rather not see or consume or whatever. Well, so actually, that's what she goes on to talk about. She says, "What does it mean to support something? Uh, does that oh. mean you ship it yourself? Does it mean you like them?" Does it mean you actively dislike them but simply don't oppose them? Does it mean that you actively dislike them and believe they're morally wrong, but you keep your opinion to yourself and won't harass somebody for liking them? Mm-hmm. All of those questions yet unanswered in this in this <laughs> new era of fandom. Uh, like, yeah, like, hence, this is the problem where this, this misunderstanding comes from, that people say... Uh, you're free to make this sort of content even if I don't like it, even if I think it's reprehensible, and someone else saying, no, you're not. In mm-hmm. fact, like, or, okay. It makes you a bad person. Yes. But there's even stages of that. Like, I, because I guess we're in the know, you know, as embarrassing and sad as that is, <laughs> yeah. we, we know these terms. So, like, we use the verbiage, like, anti pretty loosely, like, mm-hmm. on this show. But yeah, like, not everyone who says, like, no, I don't think you should be free to make that content, then moves on to saying, no, I don't think you should be free to make that content, also I think you should be punished for it. And then everyone who says that doesn't even agree with, I think you should have your fucking life ruined if you make this sort of content. And, you know, so there are degrees of this thing. There are degrees of just... I dislike this content or to I think this content shouldn't exist. All of that on the show, our show at least, mm-hmm. usually gets condensed into the category of anti because we consider it, at least I consider it, to be all variations of the same belief that some expression is impermissible. And I just really don't believe that like if it is not a hate crime and if it is not actively putting someone at harm like you're not you know you're not like i don't know posting a photo of like your ex or something on the internet being like this bitch ruined my life blah 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 um yeah i think you're free to make that content i don't think you should be punished for it i don't think you should have your life ruined for it even if it's something i dislike even if it's something i have no interest in even if it's something i think is fucking repulsive Mm mm-hmm Well, so it's interesting. Um, This is something I've been having to talk about online a bit lately, is the concept of propaganda is not the same thing as fictional content made for the sake of fiction. She brings up the Turner Diaries later in the video. Oh, boy. As an example of fiction affecting reality? Yes. Oh, that's She goes into a long conversation about... The difference between the idea of fiction affecting reality and what we think that means and real world applications and censorship in general. And she brings up the Turner Diaries as an example of people creating fiction with the intent of it affecting reality, which, yes, the Turner Diaries was written with the intent of affecting reality because it was propaganda. It is, though, not hate speech because it's not a call to action and thus can exist as hateful as it might be yes at least in america yeah like 
again, we are talking mostly about American laws. I am not American, uh, but the internet sure is American, so yeah. those are usually the laws we end up talking about. Uh, by the way, I did try to keep count of how many times she says the word problematic, because she did that fun thing where she just blasts hashtag problematic across the bottom of the screen every time she said it, and I stopped mm-hmm. counting after 30, so... Okay. <laughs> I know it went past that, but at some point I was just done. Uh, so she goes on to talk more about pro-shippers, and I I guess I find it telling that she discusses pro-shipper ideology more than she discusses anti-shippers, all while claiming that people probably clicked on her video to hear her say whether or not she is a pro-shipper or an anti-shipper, when she is, in fact, a tax-paying, grown-ass adult woman. And it's like, okay, well, okay, Can I just Sarah. say, a tax-paying, <laughs> grown-ass adult woman whose job is making internet videos about fandom drama. Yeah, thanks. Because, yeah. like, that's, that's, that's your source of income. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I'm also like, a grown-ass adult, tax-paying woman, and ah, I ship shit. I'm okay with that. Like, she's like, I'm not on the- I I saw this quoted multiple times, something like, I'm not in a fucking ship war, or something that she said, and it's like- or a fandom war. I'm not in a fandom war. And I was like, you're literally a fandom war reporter. Like, that's- (laughs) That's your whole- Your whole career (laughs) drama, baby. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just had this very visceral or visual image of, like, Sarah said, like, in a flak jacket and a helmet (laughs) with bombs raining down in the background, and she's got her fucking mug in her hands. (laughs) Sorry. That that was, like, a whole, like, I saw that in 4K. I'm sorry. Oh, that was funny. Just, like, shouting over the bombs. So she goes on. And, well, sorry, just agreed. Like, uh, I am also not in a fucking fandom war, or I would at least like not to be. Mm -hmm. Um, If I could, like, you know, just fucking enjoy my my dumb shows and my books and whatever, uh, I would love that. Mm -hmm. I really don't care. other people uh if they if they agree with my takes or not uh just if i if me and people like me friends creators that i know uh creators that i don't know even as happened this week uh if we could all just get along with our fucking lives without like being called abusers and sex criminals for daring to be queer imperfectly that would be great yeah thanks that would be really nice Kendra, i I hate to break it to you but you're also a fandom war reporter that's what we're doing i mean i know i know i'm just (laughs) i'm just not i'm not in denial about that yeah (laughs) i fully know that's what i'm doing i am i am fucking in the gross fandom trenches i don't fucking know (laughs) yeah i no i mean i don't want to be in a fandom war like Like, i would like this fandom podcast to be about other stuff exactly Well, so Sarah discusses how we are dividing ourselves into two camps and pro-shippers are, they claim that fiction is not reality and that aunties have a hard time grasping that and that pro-shippers are not responsible for other people's consumption of content, which, yes, she says this all while just endlessly air quoting and rolling her eyes so hard. I'm surprised they didn't fall out the back of her fucking head. But that's how she... She was being derisive. She was... Okay. Yeah. I am not responsible for anyone else's consumption like, of content. I'm sorry, I'm not your mom. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> like, I, I don't care. It's not she, my job to monitor your internet time. Sarah seems to think that pro-shippers, and granted, I am not a huge fan of children, seems to think all pro-shippers just royally despise children and that it stems from the fact that the majority of pro-shippers are women who resent being forced into a maternal role and thus do not want to be responsible for children on the internet. Oh! Fucking what? Okay. That's some weird fucking... That's some fucking weird psychoanalysis. Yeah, that's... That's... What? Okay. Uh, So she goes on to discuss what she calls hashtag shipgate but what 
we on this podcast and fans of the show definitely know as the Pincident. <laughs> it's just weird that she would call it Shipgate when there weren't ships involved. Yeah, it's... So I'm not gonna super get into the finer details of the Pincident. Again, we have several episodes discussing it. Mm. The Her take on what happened was... She responded to a tweet in which someone is discussing an interaction they had with a minor. And she is responding to this person because she thinks this person is lying. And then she gets backlash. To which she then responds with, you know, go outside and touch grass. To which she gets backlash and (laughs) told that she's endorsing child murder and just over the top. She she really gets... There there is uh, all sorts of like overstatements of harm that happen in these Twitter fights. No, no argument there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, she definitely, her and Lindsay and everybody else involved, were victims of overstatements of harm. I think they also definitely uh, ignored actual attempts to have conversations, to which Lindsay brings up in her video on the situation that it's hard to, you know, identify those when you're being bombarded with, you know, hundreds of tweets, which I can empathize with. Yeah, I'm sure it is hard to identify which are the good faith uh, Oh, totally. And like, also just trolls being trolls. Yeah, and like, you know, fucking, I was there, I saw Gandalf, (laughs) I... I fucking, I saw people making overstatements of harm about Sarah Zed and Lindsay's actions. Uh, I saw them making overstatements of harm themselves. I saw them ignoring actual, factual claims of harm. Oh, absolutely. And all the while trying to bury a small, independently owned queer business over a fucking pin. And fucking shout out to Raven Stag Outfitters. Actual friend of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Because they are going through death threats and harassment again. Thanks, Sarah. No shit. Does she name them in her video? She not only names them, but she says the whole reason that big air quotes Daddy Brian Fuller even got involved and bought their merch was because of her. And then tells them, you're welcome. (gasps) Okay. No, no. Here's my problem with that. Tone it way down. (sighs) Okay. She went on and on about how she had nothing to do with any of this bullshit. How she was just saying that the pen was ugly or whatever. And then she turns around and she's like, it's due to me that you're... um, um, Mm-mm, no. Yeah, it's just, you know, okay. classic mean girl shit. At this point, she starts sharing uncensored or poorly censored screenshots of tweets from the whole encounter. And I, <laughs> I had to laugh. I was watching and noticing very clearly people I know. And she gets down towards the end of her list. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be funny if, you know, one of my tweets made it up there? I mean, it, it wouldn't. I would be upset, but also, like, it's a terrible situation. It'd be a little funny. I'd rather laugh than cry, you know? And then she mentions, you know, that people have discussed her even in podcast, which is sh- when she goes ahead and features our podcast. Thank you again, Sarah, for the shout out. <laughs> Thanks so I, much. I died. Yes. Censored. Yeah, but... she did censor our name. <laughs> yeah, which I am honestly grateful for. Like, I just, again, knowing how fans of YouTubers and YouTube personalities act. Uh, oh, sure. I'm super happy about that. Non-ironically, uh, yes, do not mention us, please. Yeah. We are nobodies. We do not have that kind of, I don't know, parasocial army of stands to call upon. That's true. We don't have the white knights yet. No. Yet. We'll get there, friends. One day, baby. Uh, I don't know if I want any white knights. If I say fuck on the internet enough, (laughs) eventually someone's gonna care about what I have to say. (laughs) So she brings up, do you guys remember the killing stalking YouTube video that popped up about a year ago? the Romance is Dead killing stalking video. Uh, I know of it. I have not watched it. Yeah, I didn't even watch that. (laughs) I I don't watch stuff that makes me sad. Well, apparently she's a big fan, and apparently it's a good and nuanced take. I never watched it. Did not care, because I did not feel like 
first off, I mean, I know it was a clickbait title. Yes. Um, I was uninterested in someone else's take on a killing stocking. That's what I was gonna say. I don't. I don't need killing stocking explained to me. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> exactly. Well, she brings it up because she thinks it's a good example of a nuanced criticism that was taken um, just in bad faith that people didn't watch it and criticized the video, which is true. That did happen. People saw the clickbait title, said outright, I'm not going to watch this and you are wrong. Sure. She uses this video as sort of a example of pro shippers believing that you can't criticize something without endorsing censorship, which I think is a problem in certain corners of pro shipping. Absolutely. I would agree. Yes, that any critique now is censorship. It is a problem in a section of pro shipping because pro shipping is not universal. It's fucking not a religion. We don't have a doctrine. I'm not even a pro shipper, but I've ended up in this camp because <laughs> apparently you have to either be in one or the other. <laughs> well, mm. the thing is, is that I think people who don't even know the fucking terms pro ship and anti ship would still do that. Like I have met people who don't know what the fuck pro ship or anti ship is. And if I criticize something, you know, a movie we saw or a book or something, it turns into, well, you're saying things like that shouldn't exist? Yeah. And I'm like, no, man, that's not what I'm saying <laughs> at all. I just don't like or, it. Or like, no, not even that. Like, I could critique something I like. Well, yeah. And they're like, too. oh, so you don't like the thing? I often critique things yeah. I like. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do. I am hardest on the shit that I am fondest of and means the most to me. This is the point in the video where she does bring up the Turner Diaries and then launches into the Confederate flag bikini incident. Oh, no. oh we, we talked about that one too. We did in the Fanexus episode. So she super does not touch on what the bikini incident is outside of a fan artist drew a furry in a Confederate bikini, some Pro shippers of color were offended. Some other pro shippers uh, railed against them being offended, screaming censorship. <laughs> pro shippers of color then left fandom entirely. Did that happen? I know they left like that space. I know, I know from like <laughs> personal experience and knowing people in that incident that they left the space. I don't think they left the space. I was gonna say, entirely. I also know, again, personally, like, pro shippers of color i guess i know <laughs> i know uh people who would describe themselves as pro ship who are also not white whatever that intersection of identity mm. is i know some people who are like that and were also on the side of i think a furry in a confederate flag bikini is tacky but i also am not against its existence, like, I don't think it is hate speech. No. I saw people, people of color who were also pro-shippers on both sides of that disagreement. And I can completely understand yeah. both sides of that disagreement. Well, so she then does bring up something that I agree with. There is a flattening of nuance when it comes to depiction is not endorsement and fiction affects reality arguments. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think we water it down, especially because of the format of the platform in which we typically discuss it. Twitter having a character limit. Very simple terms like fiction doesn't affect reality mm -hmm. or, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and that in flattening that down, you are losing the conversation and losing the meaning of what you were trying to actually discuss. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why, in part, I think that these conversations are just not possible to have on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it's a case of we're doing it wrong. I think it is a case of it cannot happen in this method of communication. Like, there will be no nuance here. Uh, she brings up that she thinks it's disingenuous uh, for pro shippers to claim that there's a moral panic or a puritanical movement happening in fandom spaces, which is it outright just wrong. But okay, Sarah. I mean, there is a moral panic, like, about, like, sexuality just just happening and i do think there is an element of that i do mm -hmm. think there is an element of if you oppose me because you think that your dark fanfic isn't that bad you are on the side of the child abusers 
No, I agree. I'm seeing it with my own with mine own eyes. Like I you can't just tell me it's not happening. Oh, I agree, but I think in fandom spaces there is a huge leap being made, obviously. <laughs> with say, so she brings up do not interact list. Mm-hmm. How everybody has do not interact list right now mm-hmm. for whether or not you don't want minors to interact with you or whether or not you want people who like irredeemable big air quotes content like Steven Universe universe fans to (laughs) interact with you. And she seems to not understand that the issue a lot of people have on both sides, anti and pro ship, when they put shows on their do not interact list isn't because they think the content typically is morally irredeemable. Like, although I have seen that I have seen people be like, irredeemable (laughs) content, like Like or the adventure zone was one. Yes, (laughs) but not always. Not not typically. Sometimes, yes. Typically, a lot of the time, shit like that, like Steven Universe or Sandersides, makes it onto people's do not interact list because the fans are intense. And so a lot of the times it's easier to just say, I don't want to interact with any fan of this content to save myself the trouble of having to deal with any of the upsetting ones. I was not in the Voltron fandom, uh-huh. uh, but I saw the Voltron fandom and... Man, if I had something like a do not interact list, uh, I that would have been public enemy number one. Yeah. <laughs> would have been the fucking Voltron fandom. I just don't have the time, man. I don't have the time to care about who is a child rapist because they ship these boys together and not the other boys. Don't care. I'm tired. So, like I said, she goes on for a while about irredeemable content and uh, moralities and moral panics and how that's all made up to then go and start saying that the harm like the suicides or the cookies, the needles and cookies <gasps> incident were made up. Wow. Were just made up for the internet because you can go back and no one ever used the word anti in say the Steven Universe harassment of the fan artists that wow. ended up in the hospital. That doesn't count. That's not real. And also you don't know that it actually happened because people can lie on the internet, which yes, people can lie on the internet, but do you know what? People can also tell the truth. And I've spoken with people who have actually almost hurt themselves. I I mean, there was the fucking Catboy incident. She called that fake. The Dreams homemade Catboy writer. Yes, yeah, I know mm-hmm. the one you're talking about. Just because she has access to secret knowledge, we don't, I guess. Yeah. Well, because she claims, you know, he made a post on Instagram and then disappeared. And you can do that. Yes, you can do that. Uh, Let's discuss why people might feel the need to kill their online persona. Or, yeah, fake a suicide. Like, <laughs> that the harassment becomes so bad that they have to go through with a a suicide big air mm-hmm. quotes of their online persona. Like, let's discuss that, Sarah. Like, maybe that is also bad. I've I mean, that's just outrageous to me. Uh that seems super disingenuous for someone who uh usually is not, from what I understand, that yeah, there are not bodies in the streets. I am not saying that this is an epidemic of murder suicides over the <laughs> pro shipper anti shipper conflict. What I am saying is that any amount of hospitalization over fandom is too much. Yeah. And I will <laughs> continue to bring up any amount of hospitalization over fandom because it is an outrage. It is re ridiculous yeah like uh i personally know someone who was uh almost doxxed uh and conspired to be institutionalized um i know someone who was outed to their uh conservative family in iraq um I know of other incidents that are verified, like... Them. I've spoken with these actual people for the yeah. show. Like, I, I can I can verify you can go, that with my yeah, brain. Yeah, like, with my own eyes. <laughs> I can go watch the death threats happening right now. And, like, yes, a death threat on Twitter is maybe not the same level of harm as, like, someone ending up in the hospital. I don't think they occur at the same rates. But these are levels of harm. Like, suicide baiting someone is harm. I am going to contend. You're free to make your argument that I am wrong. I probably won't change my mind. Yes, threatening to dox someone is harm. Actually doxing someone is certainly harm. Harassing someone so badly that they end up in the hospital because they drew Steven Universe fan art is harm. Threatening and conspiring to institutionalize a 13-year-old 
is harm. Telling someone they should kill themselves because they wrote a dark fanfic is harm. Varying levels of harm, but I am going to plant my flag on the side of that is all real harm that I have witnessed with mine own eyes again. I guess it's fake when there's no body in front of you? Like, yes, people exaggerate- Like if she says it's fake. Yes, if Sarah Zed (laughs) says it's fake, then it's obviously fake. Like, yes, people lie on the internet. I get it. She also takes the stance and it falls hard on the let's show empathy to the aunties camp, which I I will show empathy to aunties all day, every day, because I think they live very sad lives. I think they're part of a cult. And I think that a lot of them are genuinely unhappy. I struggle with the idea of calling aunties a cult, but it is definitely a like a social group that turns on its own very quickly. Like this idea of holding one another to a certain moral authority. And if you slip for an instant, we're going to devour you. Mm-hmm. I would define that as a cult personally, um, but that's just me. True cults require <laughs> a few extra steps for me, but that certainly is like a, a cult mentality of like utmost surveillance. <laughs> Well, so she goes on to say, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit, that we need to have an understanding and empathy and feel bad for them and land on, you know, understanding that they probably have the raw end of the deal because, and I'll quote this, uh, quote, it is a lot easier nowadays in the Thunderdome platforms like Twitter to be exposed to things you hate. And when you hate something and have to see it all the time, it leads to having to morally justify one's interests in a world where it's almost impossible to block and curate. Okay, so hold up, hold up, hold up. How is this not a direct contradiction of her earlier claim that Pope fucking pro-shippers should just block and move on? Which is what I was about to say. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a fucking direct contradiction. I don't know. I, I, if I wasn't angry by that point, I was definitely angry now. Yeah, I mean, I don't, but I guess, have empathy. Uh, because I, I know what it's like to have to morally justify my interests to those people. Like, those people who try and claim I am an abuser or a sex criminal because I enjoy a certain book or movie or show... And I have no fucking interest in it. I don't honestly care if you approve of my fandom interests. Go fucking jump in the lake. I don't care, man. And I'm not about to waste one goddamn hour of my precious limited lifespan worrying about it. If that's the sort of life you want to lead, I can't stop you. But I'm not going to waste my fucking time trying to, I guess, make you see the light. And she goes on to say that, you know, aunties just lack worldliness. So I I guess she's saying aunties need to go outside and touch grass. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, I guess. I'm not saying she has to pick a side. I don't think she has to pick a side. I think this pretending to be on one side or the other throughout the course of this two hour long video uh, is incredibly disingenuous. I definitely get as it like outsider thinking that both sides have merit like because we as human beings are all capable of harm like every single one of us i have seen pro shippers participate in harassment like again i've seen it happen it's sad when you see it happen but yeah at the end of the day like it's a social group on the internet and i i get the idea of there being like lines drawn and there being camps and there being like this side sucks and that side rules or whatever like i get that that all is very childish because it is especially over something as dumb as which two video game characters kiss So I totally understand that this seems like a whole bunch of kerfuffle over nothing. You'll enjoy this one. So she says the whole thing boils down to irrevocable differences in people's morality. I mean, I guess. Which, like, yes. I think you could say that about a lot of things. most problems (laughs) in the world. (laughs) So, like, thanks, Sarah. Fucking Nobel Peace Prize is in the mail. I know. Um, You're gonna heal us with that one. So, like, yeah, I... I said this at the beginning, and this is really the question to me that decides ultimately which side of this debate you're on, whether or not you identify with a certain label, because I surely don't. But you just have to ask yourself the question, do I think 
that someone's artistic expression should be punishable. Creative expression, artistic expression, free speech should be punishable. Even if it is something I hate, like, I am a queer woman, I, I encounter a lot of art that disappoints me, but I have never, I don't think, encountered a creative expression that I think needs to be punished. Outside of actual hate speech, which is a call to action. So if your answer to that question is yes, I think some forms of artistic expression should be punishable. I have a lot of questions for you, like who decides which expressions are free and which are punishable? Who decides when a work doesn't or does meet those criteria? Because not everyone is going to agree on whether a certain work meets a certain arbitrary standard of, you know, repulsive enough. What are the levels of punishment? Exactly. How exactly? How is a work to be punished? Do we do we take it down? Do we punish the creator? Like lots of questions that uh I think slide very quickly into the policing of art and expression, something I vehemently adamantly oppose in all circumstances. I think art and freedom of expression always empower the disempowered more than the state or the powerful class. And I th- and I think to put limits on artistic expression always disproportionately affects the underclass before it affects the ruling class. And I'm not using that in like strictly Marxist terms. I mean like subjugated versus oppressors, like any mm-hmm. any sort of intersection of oppression. And so while I admit that the position that I hold allows for art to exist or speech to exist that I find repulsive. I don't know of a way to allow for the freedom of expression to the most total degree without allowing those things also. Mm -hmm. If you have figured it out, please tell me. Because for for 6,000 years so far, the, the philosophers of the world have not been able to figure it out. If you have an answer, please contact the show. And... Yeah, man, like, that's the dividing line. Like, do you think some forms of expression deserve punishment? Or do you not? And if you do, I don't really think we have a productive conversation in store. That's the line to me. And if whatever side that puts me on, that is the side I am on. Them's the breaks. (laughs) It was a whole video where you spent two hours being sarcastic and you hit the nail on the head a couple times. You really did. I just don't think you know you did. And I mean, she does bring up the new hot topic, uh, Dungeon Boyfriend. Oh, yeah, that we're going to talk about briefly. Okay, so um, this is fully my uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy. Um, I cannot prove this. Uh, I Yeah, this is just totally what I think happened. I think the timing of this video is highly suspicious. Um, I oh, think yeah. she had been sitting on this one for a while and has released it now for like, maximum click impact uh uh, to earn her a nice fat google adsense paycheck i guess but uh it's strange to me this is specifically about like youtubers um and you know bread tube although this is really not bread tube material Uh um that for people who so deride the existence of the parasocial relationship to then turn around and have a business model structured on a tiered parasocial relationship is super fucking funny to me um i can't even be mad because i like i get that you gotta get paid i just think that it's it's a little disingenuous i suppose to be so mad about the existence of the parasocial relationship when one literally pays your bills but that's just me that's my tinfoil hat conspiracy uh it doesn't really affect anything like whether or not it's true well and absolutely her white knights are already out on the attack harassing people after watching a video in which no. like explicitly a third of the video is her being <laughs> tearful about being harassed. Her experience mm. of harassment, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's very frustrating. But so she does bring up uh, in the video Dungeon Boyfriend, which is the new hot topic, or <laughs> it was yesterday, the past no, couple we days. We're going to talk about it. 
Yeah, that's what we were going to talk about was the boyfriend dungeon kerfuffle. So uh, on August 12th, um, a dating sim, indie dating sim came out called Boyfriend Dungeon. That's the title. Just so we're, we know what we're getting into. I had never heard of it. I'm probably going to play it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, thank you too. for, thank you for all the publicity. Um, but it is a dating sim and in it you, you date various people, I guess. I don't know if I'm it, not sure. I know it is like queer friendly. Don't know like if you can decide to be like gay or lesbian or bi or whatever. I don't know. I um, know that they have a non-binary character. Okay. They have a non-binary character. So, uh, in the game, apparently, like the main antagonist of the game pressures you into dating him, I suppose. Even after you've, like, shown him, like, total disinterest or, like, told him to lose your number, he will continue to text you, he will continue to, like, send gifts to your workplace or whatever, and that is apparently, like, the point of the game, is, like, to, I guess, explore how, like, emotional manipulation happens, which I think is an interesting plot for a dating sim, because, like, the whole mechanic of the game is relationships. Yeah. And how someone can, I guess, wield those uncomfortably. Beyond that, there is a content warning at the beginning of the game saying that the game contains references to unwanted advances, stalking, and other forms of emotional manipulation. Which is already more than the game owes you. (laughs) That is already above and beyond what they are required to do for you. Someone found this so unstomachable that they had a tweet about it. They have since locked their account since it became a discourse. Uh. This was like a multi-tweet thread. Uh, The one that got big, though, was when they were talking about how someone, one of the characters, one of the fake characters from the video game was fake texting their (laughs) fake protagonist. They said, quote, I did not consent to this. I know for some games this is just par for the course, but it's 2021 and I didn't ask Boyfriend Dungeon to place me in an extremely distressing situation, which, from what I can tell, I cannot opt out of. Turn the game off. The opting out would be to not play the game. Yep. Um... (laughs) Later, I did not get a screen cap of this one, so I cannot quote it exactly. But later, they say that in order to to progress in the game, the game literally requires that you be stalked. The game is not sending anyone to your house. Mm. The game does not have your actual phone number. That'd be illegal. The game does not know your name on Facebook. The game is literally not stalking you. It is recreating the <laughs> the experience of maybe being stalked or at least having to distance yourself from an overly pushy love interest. And yeah, people got mad, obviously, because this guy was bringing in the concept of consent to his experience with a video game. What a batshit thing to say. What an insane, bonkers thing to say, right, Bliss? This is not an interaction between human beings. Consent does not enter into the equation because at any time you can turn the game off and cease interacting with it. And the video game is powerless to compel you to continue. (laughs) There is nothing it can do to force this experience on you. So we're all clear. And apparently like one aspect of the game is that you can choose to opt out of like texts from your character's mom that are meant to be reassuring but like due to some people not having great relationships with their mothers or family members can feel like very pressuring i get that and so they were like why couldn't you have done that for this character because this character is the main antagonist apparently and requires like yeah you can't remove him from the game and have the game happen and so yeah this Take was bad. People started saying that's a bad take. And then people started making their own takes about how art cannot be for everyone. Some art is going to be emotionally inaccessible to you, and that's just the fucking way it is. There is no way to make any artwork totally, completely, equally, emotionally acceptable to every person in the world. Never, not ever, sorry. And yeah, like, queer art and indie creators especially get held to this ridiculous standard of good representation. 
a phrase I fucking hate now. Mm-hmm. Where your queer characters, your queer story is not allowed to be human. It has to be perfect. Because if someone doesn't feel represented by your queer story, you are erasing their identity and dehumanizing them and all these other overstatements of harm. Mm. And that makes you a bad queer. And you shouldn't have art that doesn't resonate with me personally. There there are ways to make art, like video games, I guess, in particular, movies. Uh, there are ways to make these things more accessible. They will never be totally emotionally accessible to everyone. I don't think it's possible, because yeah. that would require everyone to have the exact same emotional experiences, and that's never gonna fucking happen. Like... For example, I can't play first-person shooters because they make me very anxious and upset and sad. <laughs> I I do not think that first-person shooters should not be allowed to exist. I do not look down on anyone who plays first-person shooters. Or that they violate your consent if they you choose to turn them on. Don't violate my consent uh, if I purchase the game. That's my consent. That says warning, first person shooter contains shooting? Yeah, um, there was a tweet, actually. They quote retweeted the original, like, you know, my con- I did not consent to this video game. I did not consent to this video game. And they said, a reminder that content warnings aren't useful if you can't avoid the content you're being warned about. That's the point of a content warning. You turn it off. You turn off the game. Yeah. Oh my god. You, you, you turn it off. Oh you avoid the content by turning the game off. Oh my and god. Not, <laughs> you avoid it. Oh my god. It works every time. <laughs> like, okay, Bliss, I've got another. I've got a real doozy for you, my Jewish friends. <laughs> <laughs> Two doozies uh, by the same person who, yes, was uh, agreeing with this. Okay. I did not consent to this take. So just strap in. This is not going to end where you think it's going to end, Bliss. Yeah. Um, Quote, for a dating sim, this is all caps absolutely unacceptable. There's no need for a stalker situation that you cannot opt out of. Which we've already discussed that that's not the case, but whatever. Um... That content warning is as useful as being told a movie references the Holocaust and then suddenly you follow a character into Dachau. Mm, okay. <laughs> second tweets. Second tweets. Better content warning, bracket, so those with trauma can avoid the game. Or a way to opt out of those interactions. That's what it says. I assume that's a demand they're making. (laughs) Um, I have been stalked on three separate occasions, and I will not buy a game that requires me to be stalked. Don't play the game! It's just a game! No one is gun to head making you play this game! It's not a clockwork orange! (laughs) If you do play the game, the game does not require you to be stalked. It doesn't. The game doesn't have your address. The game doesn't have your actual phone number. It's just in the game. You can turn the game off. You are not the protagonist. They're not real. I know the game is in first person, but you, yourself, in the meat space, are not the protagonist. It's not real, you can turn it off. And the craziest thing about that, to me, is that, uh, despite from going zero to Holocaust real fast, (laughs) um, (laughs) the content warnings that the MPAA issues for movies are actually less descriptive than what you're asking for. Because the most that a movie set during the Holocaust would include is something that's, like, rated R for scenes of violence and torture. Yep. You would have to do extra research to find out about the specific degree that we are going to be talking about the Holocaust in this movie. Aside from, like, the trailer and reading a synopsis and seeing the MPAA rating. So this call for, like, a content warning more akin to a movie's is strange to me because movie content warnings, at least the required ones, are actually very minimal. Yeah. And yeah, all of that aside, you are not required to play this game. If it is upsetting to you, you don't have to play it. If you wish you could play it, but you find it too emotionally damaging to be able to play, I'm terribly sorry. That sucks. That has happened to me. Yeah. Um... 
Yeah. But it's happened to me too. It is not a violation of my consent. No. I either choose to continue or I choose to stop. And p- framing that issue, I'll call it charitably, <laughs> in the language of consent is bad, actually. <laughs> to say that a video game fake texting you too much, fake texting the character in the game that you are playing too much is a violation of your consent, is a bad take. It's yeah. asinine. It is horribly diminishing to people with uh, actual violations of their consent in their emotional traumatic history. I have an example I like to use. My favorite song, or at least one of my all-time favorite songs, I cannot listen to with regularity because it distresses me too much. I love it. I think it is maybe one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. I cannot handle it more than once every couple months because it just hits all my spots in just the right way. I am I am ruined for a week. Like mm-hmm. that is the level to which this song emotionally affects me. And I like it. It's a good song. No. I I enjoy the amount of emotional power it has over me. Even though it's not necessarily always a good feeling. I am still choosing to listen to this song because I enjoy to some degree this emotional experience that I have when I listen to it. Uh I don't think the artist of this song, the singer, the composer, owes me a song that I can listen to more frequently. You get what I mean? Because to do that, to, to craft a song, let's say, like about the same subject material in the same kind of vein that I could listen to every day would be to reduce the emotional impact that this song has on me. And I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I want a song, I want this song to shake me and rattle me and all of the things that it does. I can't do it every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, there's plenty of songs I can listen to every day. And I'm just like, whoop, it's, it, the minute it's over, I've forgotten it's happened. And I don't think that my emotional reaction to this song, based on some of my own traumas, by the by, this isn't just like, oh, uh, she talks about the clocks so beautifully and it just, it ruins me. Um, or how everything was all yellow. <laughs> it was all yellow. It was all yellow. <laughs> Um, yes, this song affects me so much because of some shared trauma that is the topic. I don't think that the artist is excluding me from this song somehow, from this experience. I don't think that the artist owes me a more emotionally palatable song that considers my trauma. (laughs) Yeah, and to do that would just be to give me a less impactful work of art. And I don't want that. I don't think that uh, an artist of any sort, games, books, music, movies, should be expected to sanitize their emotional experience, their artwork, their creative process, whatever, because it might be slightly less accessible to someone who might see it. Not all art is meant to make you comfy. No, not all art is even for you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's that's all I have to say about Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh, I don't know the content of the game beyond that. I look forward to finding out. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, <laughs> probably in more detail because that was supposed to be our topic. It kind of fits in with our other topic, but like we have more to say about Sarah that. Sarah does mention it in her video, mm-hmm. so it it sort of fits. Yeah. Um, yeah, we put off we put off what we were going to talk about this week and jumped on this. So y'all didn't have to watch her video. We did it for you. I I did it for you. I One did of it us for did it us. for you. <laughs> so thank that you. That being Bliss. said, if anybody does have a problem, again, find me online. I'd be happy to have an in good faith conversation about <laughs> it. Uh, if you'd like to argue at me, I'll uh our. Lindsay Ellis video, you're welcome to try. I could care less. But I'll have an yeah. actual conversation with you if you want to have an actual conversation. Uh, that being said, did we talk about the thing? God, I hope so. God, so much. Uh, I gotta go to bed. I have. I have one happy, unless you guys have a happy. Um, uh, My happy is that I'm employed now. 
Yeah, well, that's a good thing to be happy lighting, about. But yeah, um, I figured out a Pokemon game on Discord, and it's fun. <laughs> fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's my happy. Like a little Pokemon bot game. Yeah. I read a book that is probably not going to be interesting to a lot of y'all, but I am a nail artist, so this book was recommended to me. It was called Nails, the Story of the Modern Manicure, and it was just a really interesting historical take on um, nails. I love (laughs) shit like that. I was going to say, that sounds amazing. I love... It was so good. I love specific, like historical works about like a single commodity yeah and how a certain commodity or place or like a like a city or something like affects Mm -hmm. history and how history changes like there is a book uh i actually should look it up so that i can give the author credit uh from a couple years ago uh salt a world history by mark kurlansky that is about yeah, exactly what it sounds about. It is about salt and um, how its trade as a commodity has like built and shaped the world we know it to be today. Uh, and it is, it's the root of the word salary because that is what Roman soldiers used yeah. to get paid in, was salt because it was so valuable. Stuff like that. So things like that, which are just like, Tracing a single commodity or like weird facet throughout all of history. I love it. Yeah, I love that shit. Well, I appreciate y'all reaching out. I hope that this was a good enough blow by blow for y'all. Again, did not care for the video, but she made some points. Yeah. Has some merit. Has some merit. Cannot say that we were haters. In the meantime, you can find us mm. online on Twitter and Instagram at Blissfully Show. I post links to our YouTube there. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, hello, give us a like, a subscribe, a comment, all the typical YouTube stuff. I'd appreciate it. If you ever have something you'd like us to cover specifically, by all means, contact me on any of our platforms and let me know. That's how episodes like this happen. And, um, yeah, until next time, bye! Bye, everyone! Not, like, disc horse, but disc horse. Uh, that sounded like an insane thing I just said right now! (laughs)